And he says that legit happiness consists of three parts. The first part is pleasure, the feel-good part of happiness. The second part is engagement, living a good life with work, family, friends, and hobbies. And the third part is meaning, using your strengths to contribute to a larger purpose. Tom Brady did an interview with 60 Minutes in 2005 with uh, 60 Minutes correspondent Steve Croft. And this is what he said. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey man, this is what is. I reach my goal, my dream, my life. Me, I thank God. It's got to be more than this. I mean, this can't be what it's all cracked up to be. I mean, I've done it. I'm 27. And what else is there for me? See, what Tom Brady thought gave him a sense of engagement and and meaning and pleasure didn't last very long. He was still saying at the end of all that, there is something more. This can't be legit happiness. There's got to be meaning and engagement and pleasure that is fulfilling. We look in scripture, in Ecclesiastes 2.11, King Solomon says, Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done, and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. So even with all the wisdom that, that King Solomon had, it didn't give him a fulfilling sense of engagement, meaning, and pleasure. He was saying, that's a chasing after the wind. There's got to be something more. This isn't legit happiness. We're starting a new series this week called The Way Up is Down. It's the upside-down way that Jesus looks at life in Scripture. It's the way that we're supposed to look at life. How many guys love roller coaster rides? I was a wuss for a really long time, but I mustered up the courage to, to go on some roller coaster rides later in life. But I could not stand going upside down. It drove me nuts. I did not like going upside down. But after a while, I loved it. I knew it wasn't going to last for forever. That was another good part of it. When you, when you decide to follow Jesus, it's like a roller coaster ride. There's a lot of twists. There's a lot of turns. And your world's going to get turned upside down. You're going to look at the world in a different perspective. But there is an end if you can just hang on. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 5 this morning. And Jesus tells us how we find legit happiness. A legit sense of meaning and pleasure and engagement that fulfills us. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, and Matthew chapter 5 starts a section of the Bible called the Sermon on the Mount. Some of you guys might have heard of it. And up to this point, Jesus has been getting a fan club. Word has been spreading all around Galilee about Jesus. He's been doing a lot of healing. He's been doing a lot of preaching. He's been doing a lot of teaching. And word is getting out, and people are following him. And he has this huge crowd. And he goes up on a mountaintop, not too far away from Capernaum, near the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and he sits down. A lot of scholars say he was reflecting what most rabbis would do back in that day, because most rabbis, according to a lot of scholars, would sit down when they would teach. And he found it was much easier to address the crowd this way. If you know anything about the Sermon on the Mount, it's a pretty lengthy job description of what it looks like to be a disciple. Have you, any of you guys seen any crazy job descriptions? Like you go online, you look at jobs, and you think it would be impossible to work there just by looking at the job description? Well, sometimes you look at the Sermon on the Mount, and you're like, Man, I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if I can fulfill the requirements. It looks pretty lengthy. And that's the kind of message that, that, that Jesus you know, puts out there. There's a commitment. It's not impossible, but there's going to be a commitment. The pay isn't great, but the benefits are pretty good. There's a good life insurance policy. There's a good fire insurance policy. So you got that to look forward to. So we're going to look at the first 12 verses of Matthew chapter 5. And this section of the Sermon on the Mount is called the Beatitudes. Jesus is declaring what real happiness looks like in the kingdom of God as a disciple. And what we find... From reading these 12 verses is that happiness comes to those who follow God, desire God, and know God. Those who follow God, desire God, and know God. Starting in verse 1. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Those who are poor in spirit recognize their, their spiritual poverty. They recognize they're nothing without the salvation of God. They realize they're nothing without the grace of God. There's nothing they can do to contribute to their salvation. Those are the people who know God, follow God, 
and desire God. Going to verse 4, Jesus says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn. Those who mourn are the people that mourn over their sin. They have a broken heart over their sin. They're not just mad about their sin because they're worried about the consequences of their sin. They have a deep sorrow because they were disobedient towards God. Those are the people that mourn. Those are the people that know God, follow God, and desire God. We go into verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Those who are meek are those who are humble before God. Those are the people that submit to God's authority without a lot of arguing or complaining. The meek know God, follow God, and desire God. We go into verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Is anybody hungry right now? I'm always hungry, all the time. I could be thinking about one thing, and then the next second I'm thinking about like a big steak or a Big Mac or something like that. That's the way my mind works. Um, You've got to have a hunger and a thirst to be like God, to be right in the sight of God, to follow God. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness are those who follow God, desire God, and know God. We go on to verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Those who show mercy are those that have compassion towards other people. We even have compassion towards those that drive us pretty crazy. Are there a lot of people that drive you pretty crazy? There's a lot of people that drive me pretty crazy. There's there's some people I want to punch in the face, but I never do. But it, it, it crosses your mind. It crosses your mind. Don't lie. I know it crosses your mind. we got to show mercy to those people because God had compassion on us. You know, We've been a royal pain to God probably more times than we can imagine. But God showed mercy on us by sending His Son to die on the cross for us. And Jesus shows us mercy by allowing us to have forgiveness every time we mess up, every time we're a pain. So those that have mercy on other people, those who have compassion on other people are those who know God, follow God, and desire God. One of verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Your heart is at the core of everything that you do. Your heart is at the core of everything of who you are. Proverbs says, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And we look at this word see in verse 8. In the Greek, this word see can mean to know God, to experience God, or to see God. Those who are pure in heart, they can know God, or see God, or experience God. And these are the people that know God, follow God, and desire God. We go to verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. This isn't peace, brother. Come on, people now. Smile on your brother. Everybody get together. I don't know how I know that song. I'm too young to know that song. But that's not the kind of hippie peace we're talking about today. We're talking about the peace from Christ. Peace that transcends all understanding. The peace that says, I have the satisfaction knowing that God's always going to love me. God's always going to be there for me, regardless of what happens. And God is going to be faithful to his promises. That's the kind of peace that we need to be having. The peacemakers are those who promote that kind of peace. And live out that kind of peace. The peacemakers are the ones who know God, follow God, and desire God. Verse 10 says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. A lot of us know being a Christian isn't easy. You, you, you can deal with some persecution. You can deal with some people that want to wreck your reputation. You go to other parts of the world, it's on a totally different level. People's lives are always you know, threatened all the time just for saying the name Jesus. And if some of you have gone to another country, you probably can see this whole concept in a different perspective. But those are the people who know God, follow God, and desire God. Those who are willing to die. Those who are willing to be persecuted for the name of Jesus and for spreading the name of Jesus. We go on to verse 11, and some scholars say that verse 11 sort of goes with verse 10, but we're going to read it anyways and and talk about how it applies to our legit happiness. Verse 11 says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against because of me. Those are people that also know God, follow God, and desire God, regardless of whether or not this verse is... um, separate from verse 10. Because people are going to insult you. People are going to persecute you. And people are always going to falsely say say all kinds of evil against you if you're following God. And those that deal with that kind of pain and, and hardship know God, follow God, and, and desire God. Verse 12 says, Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecute the prophets who before you. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel with Jesus' definition of happiness. You may not experience a happiness that produces temporary emotions, but you're going to get your reward in heaven. There is a light at the end of the tunnel if you practice this kind of happiness. Now some of you guys are looking at uh, the Beatitudes, and you're like, man, you can't have any fun. 
being a Christian. Yeah, you know, I've read the Sermon on the Mount. That's a pretty lengthy JavaScript. And I look at the Beatitudes, it's like, man, this definition of happiness really gives me the perspective that I can't, you know, have that kind of happiness that produces temporary emotions. But I believe God created, you know, good times. God created times for us to have fun. We'd have a pretty boring life and we'd have a pretty boring God if God didn't create times for us to have fun and to have, you know, some enjoyment and some excitement. You know, even even pastors like to have fun, believe it or not. You know, we don't wake up at four in the morning every day and fast for eight hours and pray for another four. You know, we, we actually have lives and like to have fun too. I know it's hard to believe once in a while. But I like to have fun. I like to eat a lot of junk food. I like to go on roller coasters, finally. You know, I like to Go to baseball games, you know, and, and a lot of you guys like to do a lot of fun things, and that's cool. Don't let those things fulfill you. Do not let those things fulfill you. There was a story about an 83-year-old woman who got married for the first time in Canada. This was in a Houston News article in November 2013. An 83-year-old woman in Canada who just married for the first time proves it's never too late for love. I always felt that I'd like to be married up until last April. And last April, I finally gave up. I said, this is ridiculous. Carol Harris reflected, however, she got married for the first time to her childhood sweetheart. She and George Raines met in the first grade back in 1936. But after high school, he moved away, got married, and raised three sons. When his wife of 61 years passed away, he moved back to New Brunswick and found Harris again. It didn't take long for him to pop the question. Yes, well, that was my answer, she said. Harris said she's still getting used to the wedding rings on her finger, but she loves sharing her house with someone else, saying her house is now home. It can take a long time to get connected with what our heart longs for. When we get connected with what our heart longs for, it's amazing. It's truly amazing. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that God put a longing for eternity in the heart of every man. God created a longing for eternity in the heart of every man from the get-go. And you don't know when you're going to get connected with this desire. You may go through a lot of um, hardship where you're trying to find happiness through what's temporary. But we know that 83-year-old woman, she knew what she wanted. She knew what she was desiring. But it took her until she was 83 to finally find what she was desiring. We don't know when we're going to get connected with what we desire. We've been chasing after fulfillment sometimes for a good chunk of our lives. And we don't know when we're going to get connected with that one desire that we were equipped for. But when you find that desire, you're going to commit to it. It didn't take much time for that 83-year-old woman to commit to marrying once she found that desire. When you find that desire to long for eternity, are you going to commit to it? Are you going to find true happiness from knowing God, following God, and desiring God? Because knowing God, following God, and desiring God creates an engagement, a meaning, and a pleasure that lasts for eternity. It's not temporary. That's where true happiness is found, in knowing God, following God, and desiring God. Because the desire has been you all along. You just had to get reconnected with it, or you have to get reconnected with it. When you get reconnected with it, are you going to commit to it? And maybe some of you guys, you did commit to it. Maybe you've fallen away, but maybe you need to recommit to it. You need to do some open heart surgery among yourselves. Find true happiness in Jesus, because it's eternal. It's not temporary. Why don't you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, uh, we just thank you for the happiness that you give us, Father. and Help us find meaning and engagement and pleasure that lasts and fulfills us through you. We give you this day. I pray that you bless the, the rest of our worship service. And I pray that uh, you would help us to have a lot of good times. Help us to not let those good times fulfill us like you fulfill us, Father. In your mighty and precious name, amen.